Happy Friday, everyone. On today's show, we talk about a couple NHL streaks, the return of Chris Letang to the ice, plus we look at two teams that have had very different results than expectations this season in the Colorado Avalanche and Montreal Canadiens. Finally, we're going to look ahead to the weekend NHL action. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On NHL podcast for Friday, December 9th. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here each and every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. You can find him on Twitter at IceWarsNYRBSNYI. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Gil, how are we doing this gorgeous Friday? Well, at least where I am, it's nice. <laughs> well, it's not bad here either. Yeah, no. Doing well. Uh, it's Friday. Kiddo, always happy to have Friday and to do the show here with you and uh, looking forward to a great weekend of hockey. Exactly. Uh, looking back at this week, though, Mitch Marner, man, he's still continuing that streak. 21 games at this point. And I think that, you know, one of the most remarkable things about this streak and it continuing is actually the Leafs shutting out the LA Kings. Like, I, I just don't want that to get lost in you know, yeah. discussion about Marner. Well, it's not what you expect from the Toronto Maple Leafs these days. Most of the time you expect them to win 6-4, you know, that, that kind of a game. But uh, yeah, Ilya Samsonov getting the job done on defense against the LA Kings. And, uh, you know, in the long run, uh, getting shutouts and great defense is probably more important to the Leafs' success than Marner continuing his streak, but the streak is very, very impressive. It is, and there's only uh, two other active players that have had a streak like this before, uh, Patrick Kane and Sidney Crosby, which that's pretty good company. Yeah, pretty elite company right there. And, and you know, Marner, the, the, the one thing you love about a streak like this, it shows consistency. It shows that He's there game in and game out playing at a very high level. And that that definitely benefits the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and has a lot to say about Mitch Marner and how good he is right now. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, he's such a, a core part of this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And I think, you know, you talk about Austin Matthews as well. And it's like kind of as those two go, go the Leafs offensively. Um, I think that, you know, it's very important for, for those two to be performing well. But, you know, obviously we know their history and it's like the defensive side of things that has failed them in the playoffs thus far. But, you know, I think that them playing well and Marner specifically it is a good thing for the Leafs at this point in the season. Just having something to, to keep them going 
you know, and motivate them. I think, you know, as a team, I would want to support this streak and, and keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. That That is vital. And, you know, the other amazing thing is that Toronto, you know, right now, only three points behind Boston. Now, Boston has three games in hand, but it's Boston and Toronto and then, you know, a pretty big drop in points mm-hmm. to everyone else in the Atlantic right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for Leafs fans, I certainly hope this continues and they get the the playoff victories that they deserve, but enjoy it for now and uh, have fun with this streak, however long it lasts. I want to talk about a lesser streak. Well, I guess it's not lesser in the grand scheme of things, but um, uh, I think, you know, you talk about backup goaltenders and, you know, it's a very difficult role again, because you often get put into games that you hadn't anticipated playing. I know that's their job, but um, and then sometimes, you know, they have to play in back-to-backs in very difficult situations. And one of the guys that I've just, you know, and I'm kind of biased because he spent some time with the Flyers, but Brian Elliott is just one of those amazing, you know, he he just does his job kind of guys. And he's so lovely as a person and genuine, and you just want good things for him. And the fact that he has, you know, six wins in a row as a backup goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who obviously Vasilevsky is their shining star goaltender. But for them to have a guy like Brian Elliott, who I know can put together uh, incredible goaltending games, um, you know, to have him win six games in a row, his longest win streak in five years, I'm just so happy for him. Yeah, me too. And, and you know, here's a guy who's 37 years old. You mentioned he's not going to get to play a lot. This six-game win streak actually started on October 22nd. So that tells you how spread out some of his mm-hmm. appearances are. And it's very difficult to stay sharp when you go that long, you know, 10 games in between, uh, 10 days in between games, 13 games in between games. And to have to come on and be sharp in those situations, not easy to put together a six-game winning streak and be that consistent when you're not playing very often, that's a challenge. And it's 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 sort of a unique skill that not every goaltender possesses. Some goalies need the work in order to stay sharp. And to have Brian Elliott be able to come on and play every third or fourth game and give the team quality starts each time he goes out there. That is huge for a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, all all the kudos in the world to him. Just uh, a really remarkable guy, and I'm glad he's still doing it at 37. Yeah, it's Uh, very good to see. Another guy that I'm glad is still doing it is Chris Letang. And, you know, it's a really... You know, difficult thing to talk about, you know, this, this stroke that he had 10 days ago, and he's already skating again. And, you know, according to his doctors and the team, and from what we've heard, you know, he's recovered from this stroke uh, much more quickly than his previous one. And he's still day to day, you know, there's not word that he's going to enter a game anytime soon. But the fact that he's been on the ice and and at practice is, is pretty remarkable. And it's, it's just, to me, I, I feel like we have to balance this conversation between a professional athlete who has experience with this medical condition and a team of doctors 
uh, versus, you know, your average person who has a stroke. Like, I just don't want to put expectations on average people who have strokes to recover like Chris Letang has. Well, yeah, no. no. And the average person is not a professional athlete who has, you know, doctors watching him constantly and who is in peak physical condition. And, and you know, it, it does seem very soon. It's great to see him back on the ice. To me, the biggest thing is his long-term health. Right. <laughs> and that that's what the Penguins... And the doctors and Chris Letang have to do their best to make sure that that is the priority rather than getting him back on the ice quickly. Uh, It's to make sure that he doesn't have another stroke and we don't go down this road again. But it's an encouraging sign for sure to see that he's skating again and, and on the road to recovery. Yeah. And he's pretty much said that himself, right? That his family, his life outside of hockey is more important. And, you know, whatever path he goes on is is the path he's going to take. And and he's okay with it, that, you know, he, he recognizes that bigger picture. So all of that is really good to see. Again, with him back on the ice, um, I, I think that's really encouraging for him and for the for the Penguins. And uh, one of those stories you just love to see. Yeah, and uh, certainly we wish him a complete and speedy recovery. Indeed. All right, we're going to switch gears up next and talk about a couple of teams that have had different results than expectations with reason. But uh, I think you know, there's really a good conversation to be had there, and we will do that coming up next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, World Cup soccer, the NHL, and even esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you could find those at BetOnline as well. We're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Maybe you want to turn your knowledge of the NHL into an opportunity to make some money. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Gil, I think there's, you know, a couple of teams that have been talked about recently in terms of differing uh, results than expectations. One of them is the Colorado Avalanche and the other is the Montreal Canadiens. And there are some overlapping things to talk about here with injuries and that, you know, you look at the Avs and, you know, their lineup right now looks a lot different than what you would have expected at the beginning of the season, just because it seems like everybody's out. And you have like Alex Newhook, who started maybe on the third line earlier this season, is now getting top line minutes just because, you know, Landeskog is out and McKinnon is out and it's just been a cavalcade of injuries. And so it's hard to put you know, Stanley Cup champion expectations on a team like this. While you look over at Montreal, they had some injuries too to start the season, especially on the defensive side of things. And they were in the conversation preseason, you know, in the tank for Bedard kind of sweepstakes. And, you know, they're above 500 right now. You know, they got a couple of those guys back and, you know, they're not like the greatest team in the NHL, but they are outperforming expectations. 
By far. I mean, you know, we expected them to be near the bottom of the league. The fact that they are 13-11-2 at this point is impressive, and kudos to, to Martin St. Louis and the job he's doing there. Their goal differential is, is still a minus 12, which tells me that they're getting blown out in some games and, and maybe winning more close games. But, you know, their road record is better than their home record right now. And over the last, you know, 10, 15 games, they're very stable. So I, I think, you know, anything they do right now is a bonus, but it looks like as of now that the Canadiens rebuild is ahead of schedule. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they, they haven't been without some controversy in terms of how they've dealt with Slavkovsky um, entering the league and, you know, getting called up, getting sent down and, and things like that. But I think that it's a really good thing to see that they have decided to win as many games as possible and that they're they're doing this rebuild I think in the right way where they're making really good decisions for the team in not just the short term but the medium term and the, and the longer term to build a successful franchise and they're they're winning games and I think that builds confidence within a team and I think that that is the right approach to a rebuild right you have a coach that tries to get the most most out of their players and you have some success on the ice to build on. And I think, you know, they've already got like really good draft picks in the system, right? I think that it'll be good for them to get good draft picks, which next year is a very, you know, deep draft. So they're going to get somebody good no matter what, where they're going to, about where they're going to end up. So I, I think they're in such a, a really primed position to, you know, end the season strong and do well next year. They are. And, and, you know, the thing you want to do in your rebuild, if you can establish a winning culture in the locker room while you're rebuilding, I mean, that that's ideal. And I, I think that that's what Martin St. Louis is trying to do. The players are responding as of right now. Uh, and it, it's, it's great to see. So, you know, as far as Montreal is concerned, uh, they are definitely one of the bigger pleasant surprises early on this season. Whereas in Colorado, I mean, they've got eight players on the injured list right now. Uh, it's the, brutal. Yeah, it, it is brutal. They're fielding, you know, a large portion of their AHL team on a game in game out basis. I mean, that's more than a third of your lineup missing you're missing the leadership of Landeskog, the offense that uh, Nachuskin and McKinnon and Helm can give you. It is a very difficult situation in Colorado. And amazingly enough, if the season ended today, Colorado would be on the outside looking in as far as the Western Conference playoff situation is. Now they have a few games in hand. They're not far off the pace, but if I would have told you that October 1st, I think a lot of people wouldn't have believed it. Yeah. And it just goes to show you that, you know, while organizational depth is key to winning a Stanley cup eventually, right. Cause you need that support throughout the regular season. Like there is a line where it's just, it gets to be too much at a certain point, right. That you can't withstand everything. Now I think they're still pretty solid 
as it goes on the defensive side of things, I mean, Kale McCarr is still playing, you know, Taves is still playing and, uh, I, you know, Gerard is good. So I, I think that, you know, there is room for hope here with the, with the abs, but I, I just think that, um, in some ways, hopefully they're getting this over with now and that later in the season, they'll get some of these guys back and they'll be able to peak at the right time. But just it has been absolutely devastating for the Stanley Cup champion team. It has been. Now, you know, you look at the talent on this roster, if they even get three or four of these players back and make the playoffs, they are a dangerous team that you don't want to mess with. But uh, wow, uh, nobody would have expected that this far into the season that the Colorado Avalanche would be in fourth place in their division and and only be three games over NHL 500. Yeah, I mean, oof, I don't know, man. It, it's, <laughs> it, it, is, uh, it is really difficult to, you know, even figure out how to talk about this team sometimes just because you look at the names and you're like, I don't even recognize any of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I, I do think that when you're in this kind of situation, you know, it's, it's very next man up. It's very, we're going to get through this and you do the best you can. And hopefully it builds the character you need for, like I said, you know, when things come back together for, for a long playoff run and, and you have, you know, sort of the cavalry come in, <laughs> in your return players, but, oh, but, you know, and then it just feels like the exact opposite for Montreal, that they got their players back already that were injured or the key players or, and guys that have turned out to be the key players. And, you know, you look at, Matheson and Joel Edmondson, who missed a little bit of time earlier in the season. And then, you know, they're coming back and, and they're really helping out the team. And I think providing a lot of that support that the Canadians have needed in order to win a few more games than expected. Yeah. And, and it makes a big difference. You know, when you have your regular lineup available, it really helps. And then obviously you got your Cole Caulfields, who's just been playing so well and Nick Suzuki. And there is a lot of talent on this team. Some of it is young, but to see them ahead of schedule like this is encouraging. And, and like you said, being healthy is a part of it, even though they're still dealing with, you know, some players who are out of that lineup. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, I, I think both of these teams are impressive in, in their own way, just because of dealing with adversity and dealing with a rebuild. I think there's there are some comparisons there to be made, because when you're in a rebuild, you're in a situation where, you know, it's going to be a struggle night in and night out. And it's the same when you're depleted with injuries. Right. Because it feels like a rebuild because you have a lot of younger, inexperienced guys uh taking on roles that they would not have expected in, in the yeah. lineup. And I think that's where you kind of look at, at these teams and you can see where some of the resiliency that they could build would be the same. Absolutely. And then, you know, the other thing is 
you have guys in roles that they don't expect to take on or maybe not for another year or two to take on. And then you don't have the chemistry with your lines that you're used to because the lines are probably shifting game in and game out because of all the injuries. and, And that can create a chemistry issue on a team. It can. Uh, Certainly hope for the best for both of these teams and their fans moving forward. Uh, We are going to preview some of the NHL games happening this weekend coming up next. Gil, it's been an odd week schedule wise, but uh, we're going to do our best to get through this weekend's games. Uh, Last night, a very slow schedule. Usually Thursday has a whole bunch of games. Uh, There were only five. Similarly, you know, this Friday is a a little bit uh, heavier on the schedule. And then Saturday is light. So I don't know if it was building availability, but... uh, we're going to get into this week's NHL schedule and your Islanders actually are of interest to me tonight facing the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, this is the beginning of a very difficult schedule for the for the Islanders. They have the Devils, uh, the, the Hurricanes, and, and then it just gets, and then Boston. It, the next six games, five of them are against some of the elite teams in this league. And the Islanders have lost three out of their last four. So it it, it is critical for them. This is sort of a crossroads point in the schedule between now and the holiday break. Yeah, I think that'll be a fun one to watch, you know, from a Metro Division rival. Just like, let's watch these two teams destroy each other, shall we? (laughs) Uh, One of the other interesting things happening this weekend is we've got a home and a home uh, with the pens and sabers. And so Friday night, it's at Buffalo and Saturday it's in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's a quick trip between those two cities. Uh, so looking to get some more playoffy atmosphere when you have a back to back like that home and home. And, uh, you know, the pens are obviously playing really well these days overall. And Sabres have had some really strong success. Obviously, Tage Thompson was the big story of the week in, you know, in his success this season. And so I want to see these teams back to back. I think, you know, watching both of them will be a, a good experience. Absolutely. And and I love back to back. You know, that's what they used to do in the in the days of the original six. They used to even the two teams would travel by train to the games, you know, to to the to the home and home venues. Uh, it, it does create bad blood. It creates more intensity. And as you said, more of a playoff atmosphere. And, you know, the Sabres, they got off to a great start, then struggled. They seem to be stabilizing a little bit more. And they're going to be an interesting team to watch as the season progresses. Absolutely. Uh, I think you know, one of the other matchups I'm intrigued by is Seattle at Washington. I think when Washington is a team that has struggled a little bit and have fallen a little below expectation maybe this season. And Seattle is, is a hot team from the West. You know, they're still in uh, second place in the, the division at this point. And just, you know, they're a younger, hungrier team. And to come in against sort of the, the senior team of the league uh, be a, a fun combo. Yeah, that'll be a good one. And, and, you know, East Coast trip for the Kraken, 
for some reason, it's always tougher seemingly for West Coast teams to go East than for East Coast teams to travel to the West Coast. The travel is a little bit tougher. Let's see how the Kraken handle it. Absolutely. Uh, any other Friday games pique your interest? Uh, I think the uh, Rangers and Avalanche will be interesting. Uh, two teams that are struggling a little bit more than most people expected. And we, we've talked about Colorado and, and the New York Rangers kind of on shaky ground recently, but not that far out of it in the Metropolitan. And then, of course, we have your Flyers uh, in Vegas tonight. Yeah, that's going to be a wild one, I think. Um, <laughs> You're brimming with confidence, I can see. Well, it. yeah, it's it's interesting because the Flyers have been playing better for the most part over the last couple of games, but the like the results aren't necessarily there from a score perspective because they can't score goals. It's the defensive side of things that are improving, and you can really see that. You know, at, at one point they held the New Jersey Devils to 16 solid minutes without a shot on goal recently wow. which is pretty incredible right yep. but you know they they can't score so we'll see how this one turns out against a team that can score goals in Vegas. Half there, right i mean right <laughs> so uh yeah there's that uh on saturday uh in, again interesting schedule we have that yeah, obviously that second half of the back-to-back -back with sabers pens the other big game for me is florida at Tampa. Always love to see that Florida battle go on. Yeah, that's always a great rivalry. And, you know, Florida, we, we, we've we discussed that team before. So much turnover after winning the President's Trophy last year. Maybe they would need a little time to develop team chemistry and get used to all the roster turnover. I think they're starting to find ways to, to win more hockey games. And uh, always great to see those two Florida teams go at it. Yeah, the, the only late game on Saturday is Minnesota at Vancouver. Uh, Minnesota will be on the second half of a back-to-back. -back. They were in Edmonton uh, tonight. So it, it may be... Uh, a difficult one for them with the Canucks playing a little bit better than they had before. Minnesota has been, I think, uh, really hit or miss recently, and they've struggled to like hold on to leads. They're making mistakes. And I, I think this is a really good opportunity for them to either right the ship or for the Canucks to continue trending in the right direction for them. And uh, I, I think that'll be a really good game to watch to get a barometer on these two teams. Absolutely. And, you know, the Canucks are back to NHL 500. And after their very, very slow start, that is an impressive turnaround for this team. But, <clears throat> you know, the, the problem is you need to go on like long streaks to get back to 500. Now you need to keep going in order to get back into the playoff hunt. Yeah, I, I think that'll be huge. Uh, Sunday, Boston at Vegas is where it's at, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, that's the last game of the night, and, and it is one heck of a matchup. Boston heading out to Sin City, and uh, look, 21-3-1. and one. The, the Bruins have just been spectacular early on this season, and uh, Vegas has played exceptionally well. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those two teams go head-to-head. -head. Me as well. Uh, I think, you know, Seattle at Florida should be another good game that day. You know, Seattle continuing that East Coast road trip. Uh, Florida will be coming off that 
game against Tampa the day before. So they could be pretty exhausted at that point. And uh, I, I think that'll be a fun one to watch as well. But again, so much good action in the NHL this upcoming weekend. And uh, hopefully we can watch as much of it as possible. That will do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Gil will be back Monday with his show, checking in on NHL teams with hosts from around the league. And of course, we'll both be back next Friday to recap the week that was and look ahead to next weekend's slate of games. Uh, Thanks so much again for listening. Have a great weekend. You made us your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts.